Welcome to Drinks and Dystopia, the podcast. Using the ansible to spread across the word across the galaxy. Using the what? Ansible? Ansible? Yeah, so it's ansible. It's a machine that spreads world instant word instantaneously across the galaxy. Oh, okay. The ansible? Ansible. I don't, I, I'm not familiar with that term. Well, it's the longest, weirdest tagline of all time. <laughs> yeah. Should we try another one? or? <laughs> Is there a tagline? If it's that, imagine that on a poster. Like how much that would have been. Do you have one? Definitely not. No. <laughs> how are you? Uh, I'm alright. Warm, but that's about it. That's it's been it's been two weeks since we did one of these. I can't believe that. Thank well, I can. I totally can believe it. <laughs> That's, that's totally in line with our usual sort of ability to schedule. We might have to be a, a bi-weekly podcast rather than a weekly podcast. Yeah, so this is just that we're, we're bi-curious at the moment. Like we're just <laughs> we're trying it out. Trying it out. Seeing yeah. whether to do it once a week or once every two weeks. Okay. Um, okay, so mini question this week. Yeah. Happens with spoilers. Oh, okay. okay. So we post this on Sunday night. So we've not seen the programming question. So the question tonight is, what do you think is going to happen in Westworld Season 2? The reason I'm bringing this up is because me and Leah are obsessed with Westworld like no other television show that we've ever watched the first season. And it starts again on Sunday. So Mm. if you haven't seen the first video, I'll put a little indicator of where you can skip forward to when we're not talking all of this TV nonsense. But this is the mini question this week. Okay. Because we... I'm very proud of the fact that we guessed very early on in Westworld what was happening. <laughs> yeah, you know, like really smugly. Smug, full you know, yeah. of smug. Is, but it was, you know, to be to be fair, like even to some, be fair to how great I am. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> but like you know, well, yeah, I suppose it's it's just a few, and a few of them I didn't even know were twists. I assumed they wanted us to know, like for yeah. example, the Man in Black. Which in the very first episode that you see him, which is the second episode, I believe. the second episode you see him, yeah. And he, just before he's leaving, he has to pick a white hat or a black hat, which is exactly the same as Ed Harris's hat. I was like, oh, so he's Ed Harris. And I assumed we were supposed to know that through the whole season. And then at the end, that's a twist. And you're like, but it's, I thought it was obvious that he was Ed Harris and it was doing flashbacks. See, now that one I didn't know for a few episodes in. And then you started seeing the old Westworld World logo and it was like robots that were appearing in the current storyline were back there with him. Mm. So I, I was, I guessed it a few episodes in, but the, the Bernard one, yeah. I was on. I was like, yeah. he's in a Ridgeburn room. That's the past. <laughs> yeah, as soon as it was doing flashing to Bernard and he was dressed differently in a different room, you're like, oh, so this is... This is a flashback or something, some description, and you're like, this isn't going to be. And his name was literally an anagram of the other name. Sort of, yeah, almost. No, it is. It's not though. It's an exact anagram of his full name. Oh, of his full name. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because he's Bernard, and the the original guy was Albert. Was he Albert? Arnold. 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 Yeah. So yeah, he was like, we we called that pretty early on. I was fairly certain he was. Bernard was a robot version of Arnold pretty early on. But we are horrible nerds, so like, I don't think you were meant to care. I think you were just meant to go with the flow, and me and you were like, we can't do it, we must rewatch and know everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what are your big calls for season two? 
Well, this is funny because... This, oh, wait, wait, this isn't spoilers because we don't know, obviously. No. Just want to clarify that. So yeah. if you're listening, like, how dare you tell me that? This is all guessing. Yeah, so, we don't know. But um, but as I said to you, I think I need to rewatch the because it's been like over almost a year now. It's since been this, a hard year. Yeah, so I can't <laughs> actually remember a lot of the, the subtleties of the show, which is what's so good about it is that there are such subtle... It's the way people say things and, you know, what the room they're in and, and how it's cut. That mm. all tells the story as well, so it's difficult to know. So I can't really remember a lot of it. But, well, sucks um, for you because I can. Right, number so go one. On, what's your prediction? <laughs> <Go on. laughs> Anthony Hopkins is not gone. No. I think there was an episode where we saw him making a. I can't even remember the names now. Of what the, yeah, he was he's making, making a robot. He was making another robot. Another, that's him. That's going to be him. So yeah. I think his human version may be dead, but I think he's transferred yeah. his consciousness into that. It's either either human him is dead, and he sort of got the opinion, well, the robot's the future, the next, the, the obvious next step is for me to go into this robot. Yeah. Or to, at least to program it with my consciousness in some way mm. and see how it develops. So either the human him is dead, or that was a robot version of him, he was staging his own death. Yeah. One or the other, but like, he's not gone. He's definitely going to be back. Definitely. It, uh, it seems, I, I think anyway, that Bernard is in the background trying to sabotage Anthony Hopkins a little bit. Mm. And, he, and Anthony Hopkins wants them to live, so it would be perfect like, symmetry. Yeah, yeah. See, now my big theory is that that little female assistant, can't remember her name, that worked with Bernard closely, who disappeared in like the old theatre, Yeah. she is still alive. Yeah, I think Bernard she is. kidnapped her and that she's going to help him save everyone in the second she had like just from a purely sort of cinematic perspective she has to be alive so i think that's where this season's gonna go and i'm excited i'm really excited i, I can't wait i hope because mm. i hope it just doesn't become a shoot up for the second season yeah i'm worried about that as well i'm worried that it's just going to become a western not that i love westerns they're like one of my favorite movies but, but this was a western genre, too. but it's both it, it is um but it's very much what I enjoyed about Westworld is the sort of the cerebral side of it about the, the cameral mind and the, the yeah the bicameral mind and stuff and and just you know what what does it mean to be alive and and all and all these sort of political intrigue and, and machinations in the background that's what I enjoyed rather than the you know the shooting and the chasing and all that so I hope the second season doesn't just doesn't just rest on that I hope there's more to it yeah. I wonder as well if the robots are going to start getting the same joy that humans get out of torturing someone because they don't think there's any point to a human because they can't live forever. So what's the point of them? Whereas mm. they'll live forever. And then in a way, they've become the humans, the things they didn't like about them. So will that matter to them? Will that yeah. challenge them? It's a good question. I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait. So expect some uh, Westworld themed questions in the next few weeks. Yeah, yeah. And just uh, essentially, I think you can just while watching Westworld, you can just listen to the Humans Are Dead by Humans Are Dead, the Flight of the Concords, and that is essentially the storyline, isn't it? Can't we all just get along with the humans? Can't you see the irony that we killed the humans for their violent tendencies? <laughs> no, because they are silence. Dead. Seize him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> that was a little flight of the concord yeah. salute for you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that was a little uh, mini question. Nice. Uh, I'm guessing you don't have a creature feature? <laughs> How dare you suggest... Like, I have, to, I I have can... a confession, though. Go on. I've completely stole our creature feature. And now on Instagram, I've just been posting animal facts. Because oh, no. this was so much fun that I just stole them and drew them. So yeah. if you want to come and see my, my creature features on Instagram... Yeah. Give them your Instagram. No, I wouldn't ever plug... Doodlezilla? 
underscore. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you want to see some uh, creature features, they've been moved to Tanya's Instagram page. Uh, so do now, you call them pages? Is it an Instagram page? It's a overall. Oh, Leah's got a new phone, and he finally, for the first time, is using Instagram and everything, and he's it's blowing your mind, isn't it? It is a bit because it's just I've always I've deliberately made an effort to stay away from uh, social media. They know you tell them every week. Yeah, because it's just. You know, I'm essentially from the 1930s and I find this idea of people knowing things about me and knowing my name and knowing stuff really, I find that very disconcerting. You know, this is a sci-fi podcast, I literally know, I know. all about how technology knows everything about yeah, you. Yeah, I just don't like it. <laughs> it's fiction, like. that's the bit you like. Yeah, the, the fiction, fiction <laughs> bit is my favourite bit about it. So, um, Okay, yeah. so what is your, your fact? I don't have one. You don't have no, one. No, 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 no. I was, I was trying to make you feel guilty, but yes, of course, I don't have a creature feature. Um, um, do you want me to make one up? No. Okay. I don't want you to wake one up. Right. Okay. But I suppose the feature part of the creature feature thing is I would tell everyone to go and watch Lost in Space on Netflix. Ah, uh, there's lots of creatures in that. Robbie, Robbie the robot. Ro- yeah, Robbie the robot. He's a bit changed that. from the original. He's different. He's different. Yeah, but I'm really enjoying it. I'm really liking it. Yeah, it's kind of. It's kind of a good combination of uh, it's kind of cheesy in like the, with the way the old TV show was, but not too much. But it's also quite um, quite well done. It's, it's a little bit like the new Star Trek movies rather than the new Star Trek, Star Trek TV show. Um, and it's more about smaller. It's a small group of people, so it's more insular. Yeah, yeah. But on huge scales because it's big science future show. Yeah, it does have that sort of um, the what would you call it, like the like the American settler type yeah. feel to it a little bit. Um, uh, but yeah, but it, it's still it's got enough to keep you interested. Is and what good I'd say. mix of characters. Um, yeah, there's, so there's good, interesting characters, and Doctor Smith's very interesting. Um, so it's good. Yes, I would I would sort of, sort of encourage people to watch it. And the main guy is the son of Maggie Smith, McGonagall's son. Yes, he is. Yeah. Wow, this has been very heavy TV themed to start off this podcast this week. <laughs> well, sci-fi TV themed. I mean, you know, it's supposed to be about sci-fi, so that's surely yeah, fine, isn't fitting. it? Okay. Are you ready for our new world rule? I think so. Okay, that's... so this week it comes to us from my brother, who suggested this. He suggested a few now, hasn't he? He has, but weirdly, he's always kind of suggesting ones that I was... Like, I was really going to do this in the next few weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, when you hear it, you'll be like, oh, yeah, Tanya was definitely going to do this one soon. So, but he read a book, which I haven't read. I got this idea from somewhere else. So he read a book called The Game, and the E is in number three. And it's uh, the first book is called Opening Moves, I think. And it is by... Isn't this a pickup artist book, The Game? No, no. By that's Neil why Strauss? That's why it's got a three. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were picking up three <laughs> girls. That's just... And it, I think the author is Cosimo Yap. Of course it I'm is. I'm guessing that's a fake name, but it's an awesome name. Yeah, Cosimo yeah. Cosimo Yap. Cosimo Yap. So, in this book... In this book, we're going to do it slightly different, but in this book, aliens have come to Earth and they bring a very advanced AR... So a bit ready to play one themed as well. AR? What's an uh, AR? VR, sorry. Not oh, AR. Okay. <laughs> they bring a very advanced VR and the whole of the galaxy fights its wars electronically through the VR. Right, okay. So when he said that, what do you think came to my mind? Um, I'm instantly thinking Star Trek. Star Trek. And that's yeah. what I said to him. That's what I was thinking of doing. Mm. So there is an episode of Star Trek, the season one. The original series. Season, yeah. yeah. 
call, and there's an episode called, I wrote it down, A Taste of Armageddon. Okay. So do you want to explain to everyone what happens in that episode? Well, from my memory of that episode, it's um, it's one of my favourite Star Trek yeah, it episodes. Is. That's why I want to talk about. Yeah, it. <laughs> it's a good it's a good one, and it's kind of my favourite because it's it, it's it shows the the greatness of Star Trek in these sort of strange ideas, but also it's like I love Captain Kirk, but this is just he, he goes into pure just insane Kirk mode in this episode, which I like, um, which is like he's usually wrong about things. So what's the premise? So the premise of the show. Is that there's, they, they arrive on this planet, and they essentially simulate war between the two. I think there's it's only a two countries. Planet. Is it a neighboring planet? Yeah. Okay, so there's two neighboring planets, and they and rather than actually go to war and fire missiles at each other and have you know space battles and stuff, they simulate the war through um, kind of like a sort of intergalactic version of battleships or it's something. A, it's a compu- computer simulated war. Yeah, so it's a computer so, yeah. simulated war. And what they do is, so if they say, well, uh, in this computer simulation, the enemy bombed this city, killing 20,000 people, for example. What they'll do is 20,000 people in that city then have to go into like a, um, essentially like a, 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 called, a suicide booth. It's called a disintegration booth. That's right, a disintegration <laughs> booth. They go into a disintegration booth and they're all killed. Ah, but you've missed one important point. Only okay. the losing country has to do this. The winning country doesn't... Nobody does. It's only the losing country that retroactively has to kill these people. Oh, I thought if you fired a missile and it said this, this city was hit, then they have ah. to... No, it's, I think what you mean is it's the, the whoever's the target of the attack. So what they do... Essentially, the reason why they do it is because what they say is, okay, a missile hit our city. We have two options. One, we can either not disintegrate the people and just say, oh, well, we're not going to go through and do it. And their logic is, well, what are the opposition going to do? They're going to actually fire a real missile, which will then hit your city really, and it will actually destroy all the infrastructure. It will destroy the buildings, which will then create sanitation issues, which will create disease. Injure people Injure as well people. So what they're saying is... It's better, rather than doing that, it's better for us to just send 20,000 people into the disintegration booth, <laughs> kill them all, and then the city's intact, the sanitation's intact, the roads are intact, nothing else gets damaged, and they do it that way. And Kirk goes ballistic about this, because he's like, how dare you? You should actually really bomb the cities and do it the old-fashioned way. Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because even as you're describing it, you sound mental, because what you're just you sound like, let's just murder everyone. But it's funny when you... To think of the, the line of common sense. Yeah. The line of common sense makes sense. It, like Obviously, that was the stupidest sentence I've ever said. Um, it, you can see why they would have come to that conclusion. Yeah. And when Kirk, But when Kirk arrives, all he sees is the people about to die for what he can interpret as no reason. Yeah. But there's that important step where you step back, where it's like, yeah, but they would have died anyway yeah like we know they would have died because they know we ha- they know we know they have the capability of sending that missile yeah saying all that i'm on kirk's side okay but anyway so our new world rule yeah. is we live in a world where we ha- play basically the the 80s film war games yeah. with matthew Broderick. so the computers will fight each other from different countries and whoever wins they win they win that war and they get whatever they were asking for so how do you think that would work what are the social economical and philosophical 
implications and kind of make it funny, please. <laughs> the, the making it funny bit is going to be hard. Oh, um, wait, what are you drinking? Oh, um, <laughs> well, this is this is the funniest thing this of the like podcast. This is like a little advert in the middle. Do, 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 do. Yeah, because this is the most ridiculous drink ever. Pom de Gris, it is called, which is a, a harmonious blend of Pinot Gris and apple cider. It's so good. It tastes delicious, doesn't it? Wine snobs will be like, ah. Oh. But the, the good thing is, it's 8%. <gasps> cookies! Oh, okay. That's the cookie beeper. <laughs> so let me go do the cookies. You guys may not know this, but Lee is a secret baker. Let's go into this issue. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's dive deep into this issue. Okay, so, well, we kind of do have an historical analogy of this, almost. I hate analogies. You know my feeling on analogies. I know, you do hate analogies. Do you know, if, in fact, I read a review of this episode, and this episode was called An Allegory of Implausible Common Sense. Implausible Common Sense? Yeah, that's actually a very good way of putting it, yeah. An Allegory of Implausible Common Sense. I meant allegories. I love analogies. Yeah. I love analogies. I think you're thinking allergies. No, you no. You don't like allergies. <laughs> allegories. I hate allegories. Love analogies. Love them. I, I like them. allegories as well, though. Allegories are good. Eh, it depends if you're opening yeah. my mouth and shoving it in. <laughs> are they, you, an allegory is just... Where, is it better than a fable? Just But just above a myth? Where, oh, myths. It? I love myths. You I'm love all myths. For the myths. How about legends? Myths and legends. Yeah. Good. Love them. Yeah, fables? Love them. How do you feel fables? about fables? How are you telling me it? Are you like, I'm going to tell you a fable? Um, I don't, think, like, I don't know if you openly... City mouse. <laughs> I don't think you openly declare you are now going to hear a fable. Well, Unless you no. Aesop and then you do. <laughs> yeah. Or the Grimm Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, just, I, li- I don't mind allegories accidentally, but if you decide I'm going to write a TV show or a film and I'm going to tell you a message secretly hidden, not secretly in this story... Then I don't like it. Well, isn't Westworld an allegory? No. Someone wrote Westworld yeah. about, for me it feels like, and any show that's written well, is what would happen in this situation? They didn't go, I want to tell people about the inner self and why it's important to love each other. I know what I'll do. I'll write this TV show to tell people that message. Right. What's a good way to do that? Right, does okay. Does that make sense? It does, it does. There's a difference between, dis- do you know what the difference is? Go on. The writer of Bright said he wanted to write a film about racism. Mm. And he worked from there and then decided to make it. So that's why it's garbage. Yes. Right, right, right. And J.R.R. Tolkien said that you should always write a story and let the the allegory naturally occur. You shouldn't go... The other way around. So you can. That's why you can read Lord of the Rings and be like, "Oh, World War Two. Yeah. But he wasn't like, "I'm going to make Mordor the Nazis." Yeah, and Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is kind of based on history, but he didn't go. I want to teach people to love their sister way too much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So there is in history a sort of. I suppose you could almost compare it where in ancient Greece they used to have champions on the behalf of the city-states. Yes! Mm. This, I actually, weirdly, completely condone this idea of a champion. Yeah. So, if instead of millions of people dying, one person that decides they want to do it, stepping forward, and that person should be your president. (laughs) Yes, yeah, that would be good. You want to be my king or president or prime minister, you should be the one that fights in a ring. (laughs) (laughs) So what you what you look for in a head of state is fighting fighting prowess. Is that what can you're saying. Cut other heads off other yes, heads of state. Yes, yes, yeah. 
And I think the queen would would probably oh, carve up. Him. Yeah, she'd take them. She looks. She looks like she would happily just dismember. You know, Donald Trump without a, without a second thought. <laughs> With nunchucks. Yeah, she wouldn't care. She <laughs> would like, feel nothing. I wouldn't. But that's the thing. I wouldn't vote for them to make any decisions for me. Just just to fight to the death. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> well, there. It's funny because there are there there are pros. So the pros of this situation are this: one, loads of people don't have to die. You go okay. Very big pro. That's quite a hefty pro to be to be honest. Uh, pro number two. You don't have any of the damage done to the cities and all that sort of thing. So if you have a great, you know, because that's probably the biggest problem. Why humanity where we are now and why we haven't colonized. I remember Arthur C. Clarke said this. If the Roman Empire had never fallen, we would have colonized every star in the night sky. Because if we carried on at the, te- at the technological trajectory we were on from the Romans, yeah. that's where we, we would have we would have been far ahead of where we are now. But unfortunately, the Roman Empire collapsed. And then you have, and that's where knowledge is lost, isn't it? It's where, you know... We sack each other's cities. We destroy each other's. Yeah, like when books people of, go out of their way during war to destroy historical monuments. Historical and stuff. monuments. Like and there stuff. is, who is it? There is a, there is a, a regime somewhere in the world that goes out of their way to destroy ISIS. Oh yeah, them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was wondering where you were going with this. I was like, shit, sure, that's I, ISIS. No, that's, it's, they, they do though. But there is another. I read a book about it recently, and they were going out of their way, and that's their only thing. Well, well, well the Chinese did. Mao did it in the Cultural they, Revolution. Yes, when we were in the Forbidden City, and yeah. there was that sign, and it said, "These." We were looking at a statue, and it was like the priests and monks of this place had buried them these statues under the stone to make sure that Mao couldn't destroy yeah, them. Yeah, like Mao's, is, you know, he, he went across China destroying all the... At first, he sort of, they were certain, like Confucius, for example, like they didn't really know how to take Confucius. So at first he was kind of pro-Confucius. And then once he, st- once he got support and he was, uh, you know, he was in a position where he couldn't be challenged, he started destroying all of Confucius's works and they started destroying all these sort of ancient... How do I know what Confucius said? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, it needs to be indicated that the way to my heart is by starting any sentence with, as Arthur C. Clarke says. That's <laughs> well, like, if I, was on, if I was on a date and yeah. somebody said that. Would that, be the, would that be the pickup line that would work? That's my pickup line. If someone came up to me and oh. I was like, you know what Philip K. Dick says? You know what Isaac Asimov says? You know what Proust says? <laughs> so, did you just say, Philip my dick? Is that what you just said? <laughs> <laughs> I would make You're so hot you fill up my dick. <laughs> would that work on you? That's gross. That is gross. You are gross. I wanna name the episode that so much. But I can't. They're gonna have to wait until they get to this part to be like, oh yeah, that's, that's horrendous. Yeah. Hi mom. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you were making some great points. Yeah, so, yeah. Right, so yeah, yeah. So the people aren't dead. People Come aren't on. dead. That's not yeah, and it's you know it's good. Excited to see the contests. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good for you know culture and technology and the the the, the sort of integrity of your civilization. That and you... my brother made this point, and I also agree with him. If we're going through a computer system, surely it means that smaller countries also stand a chance because it only relies on. Who has the smartest person? 
Well, this is very interesting. You should bring that up now because I would say, is that a pro or a con? Because it could be a pro that you're like, well, everybody's equal, but it could be a con because you could have a situation where it's like, well, we're the richest country with the most people, the best technology, but they just so happen in some tiny little despot country happen to have someone who's really good at playing this game and then they just conquer the world and kill everybody. I suppose. I understand what you're saying, but I suppose that's almost how war works as well, isn't it? It's like... Well, not really, because like the reason... I, you could make the argument that the reason why America, for example, is the most powerful country is because they have the best, the freest political system, the freest economic system, which gives them massive People prosperity. But, but, you know, just for argument's sake, yeah. you say it gives them... You know, it's the, the reason why they're the most powerful, why they can afford the most powerful military is because they have a free market, free enterprise capitalist society, which is free, which is the best way for human beings to live. So that, so if it's the best way for people to live, it's going to make you super rich. If it makes you super rich, you can afford a strong military. Whereas if you're in a situation where it's like, well, whoever's good at this game, well, then it doesn't matter what your society like. It doesn't matter what your politics but or your it, economics is like. Doesn't it mean, like. though, that everywhere in the world, education and making people smarter would be the emphasis. So countries were going to push forward quicker because they used would, But would it be education? Would it just be making that person really good at that game? Or making an AI that's really good at playing that game? But why do we necessarily have to... If we're going to be doing this, why does it necessarily have to be... I suppose it's strategy, though. Strategy takes all types of intelligence, doesn't it? It's not, it's not just... I suppose, okay, well, now we're going into exactly what's... The, how is this game played? Is it literally... Is it the champion system where you have one game player from South Korea, one game player from America, one game player from China, and they all play League of Legends, and whoever wins, Lord. wins the world? Uh, is I that what we're talking well, about? Yeah, because I, I was thinking about this as well. Oh, wait, do you want to carry on your pros and cons list, and then we'll start Well, Well, I was just... like To me, that situation, I was going to say, is like, the pro is those people don't die, and it, it saves your civilization. The con is... I what you said to me is a con. The fact that any country in the world can win the war just because they have one person who's good at it, or they have an AI that's good. Why should you? If like if 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 Britain in the Second World War had had, if this had been the situation, and Britain and Nazi Germany had just been like, we're gonna have one guy play a game, and the Nazis had won that game, why should we just be like, okay, then you can just round up all our Jews and kill them or whatever? Why shouldn't we be like, well, no, we're uh, not no. going to let you do that. Yeah, no, you are right. I think, like, ethically, it does depend what the war is about, I think. If the war is about ownership of or who makes certain decisions, yeah, I can understand playing this game. But I think, unfortunately, there are people that want to do extremely evil things, and I don't think this system would ever work for that. But at the same time, how do you know that's what they want to do? Most people in Germany at the time didn't know that that's what he was planning until he actually started doing it. Mm. Is that correct? Did you say that's? Uh, it was uh, hidden we, we could get down. We could get bogged down in that historical. But debate. I mean, like it. Even in America, I remember listening to. Uh, I think it was. Um, there was a podcast about American Hollywood and stuff, and they were talking about how people joked about that's what was happening in Germany, but they, nobody actually believed. Yeah, until the war started and people saw what was happening. Yes, sort of. But 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 even think of it that way then. Okay, let's say you imagine you go by, okay, who's the who has the best people to do, you know, a certain to play a game or, or whatever it is, however you do it. Yeah. I think you can pretty much say with quite a lot of certainty that Germany, if that was the way, Germany would have won the war. Because Germany had A, they had the best 
fighter pilots, yep. all the best aces from the Second World War and the First World War were all German. Yeah, um, yeah they had amazing, the, te- amazing technology, didn't well, they? Well, they, they essentially, all the rocketry, which then led to, the only reason America you know, went into space and the only reason America landed on the moon was because of a German rocketry. Yeah, they went to NASA, didn't they? Well, yeah, the, the, head, the, the, the head of NASA was, was von Braun, who was the, who was the head of the, the Nazi rocket um, project. I was going to say that's a great name, but I feel like any compliment to a Nazi is not a good thing. Well, you know, like they always, even, you know, Werner von Braun was like, well, I wasn't a Nazi, I was just a German and I was enrolled to do it or whatever. But still, so they technically, if it was brought down to that, the best people placed to do that would have been the Germans. So they would have conquered the world. Such a good point. And if you look at the world now, who are the best, if it was a game, for example, who are the best game players in the world? Japan. Probably, well, South Korea, Japan and China. I'm all right with them owning us all. China? Yep. But I suppose the hard thing is, yeah, you've got to really clarify what these rules mean. And I suppose if we got to this point, would it... But I suppose the reality is it wouldn't be gamers, would it? It'd be AI. So your AI, because yeah. it, it would, you would have some AI developed to do it. But then, so I suppose you could argue, you could make the case, well, America is the richest country, so it would have the best technology, so it would have the best AI, so it would still win. The thing is, in my head... The only way I think about anything is if I was writing a TV show or a film about this, what would yeah. I do? And the storyline I would do is that a country that has nothing, that has very bad intentions, would come and kidnap the most intelligent person of the smartest country. Yeah. And they would kidnap that person and they would force them to run their AI for them and then they would be able to take over the world from the system we've set up. Yeah, but there is that. at the same time, what if it was more like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? You know when <laughs> okay. all of those, the gold people? Yes, yes, yes. And they all send their fighter pilots. Unfortunately, in that scene, they're actually firing on real people. But what if you... Well, that already exists. That's how they, that's, that's what drone warfare is, but, essentially. But, yeah, so what if it was that? What if it was just, just one single person running it? What if it was people on machines, fighting machines. So nobody's getting injured, it's just they're fighting against each other. Yeah, I think that would be an interesting... I think that is what the war of the future will be, because I think what is the point in spending five to ten years training up an, uh, a pilot, a fighter jet pilot, which is why they injured, This is why they brought in um, ejector seats. It wasn't so much, well, we need to save the person's life, because at the same time, they're sending hundreds of thousands of, of soldiers to their deaths, so I don't think it's actually the loss of life is why they brought in ejector seats. Oh, that makes me sad. I know, no. but, it, but the reality is they brought in ejector seats because it costs so much and it takes so much time to train someone to be a high quality, uh, a high level pilot. But then does drone warfare kind of in a way, I suppose lots of people would make the argument that's kind of made, that's desensitized us to it. You know, Obama yes. did more drone attacks than like every president in, in American history. But that's because of the technology well, well, um, yes. You say, well, but like he, he dropped more bombs than every president before him, or something like that. But, but because but it's like, drones, we don't really care as much. But that's, this is the difference, isn't it? It's like what I'm saying is no human deaths would be involved. Mm. So would that desensitize it? Because obviously, when you're firing, and you do well. Like we've had this talk before about how every time weapons get advanced from punching someone to death. Like when we were living in caves, to hitting someone with a rock, to hitting someone with a stick, to hitting someone with a a sword, to an arrow, to a gun. Like everyone is trying to detach the person and step them away from from the person they're trying to kill. So obviously firing a drone is almost the 
it's as far, pretty much the, as far as you can yeah, get away as you can Anybody can do it and, and pretend they're not doing what they're doing. Mm. But if you're not actually firing on anything, like nobody's dying. So the, but I suppose that sort of, to go back on your question, your question becomes nonsensical, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it you is can't true, be desensitized yeah. to death if no one's dying. Yeah. So do you think, though, that the cynic in me would say, yes, we'd fight, we'd win? It drove, I think people go to war a lot easier, a lot, lot quicker over everything because yeah, what, you, no one's going to die from it. So why wouldn't you but roll like, the dice, see what happens? How many times would you bring in this technology and then the people refuse to do what they said they did and then war happens anyway? Exactly. I think that's the other problem. Is there, you know, how many, I think that used to happen in ancient Greece where they'd have the champions. Well, they, the most famous one was the, um, the Spartans. They had 100 Spartans versus 100... Oh, I can't remember where it was. It wasn't Athens, but it was another city. I can't remember which one it was. And essentially it got down to the... There was one Spartan left and there was two... Let's say it's Thebes. There was two Thebians left and one Spartan left. Well, the Thebians left the field of battle because they said, well, there's two of us and there's only one of you. You lose. And the Spartans said, well, you what? You left the field of battle. I was still alive. You lose. So they both they both sort of walked away saying we won. When neither city conceded, they went to war anyway. So you kind of so it's already historically happened where people just don't accept the results. I know, of but the isn't battle. it better to do that stage first and hope that everyone agrees, and then if it re- devolves into that, you haven't really lost anything. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, but I suppose, it, yeah. And isn't it a kind of a sign of like, look how many skilled people we have, and we beat you, and you gave us everything. Mm. you know we can do this we simulated a real war we had fake nukes that we sent in the end if we had to like you could simulate everything you actually have yeah and on the computer people could only use what they had yeah so that if they don't do what they say then they know they'll still lose but i suppose it would uh the, giving up tactics the, the practical issue of here is like it's let's say for example you had the someone you'd have to run the simulation on a neutral system so on like a, a swiss. So, you'd, so you'd say like yeah like the swiss <laughs> a swiss system or a un system and what's the, UN the first system. <laughs> yeah well what's the first thing they would say the moment you lost it was Bias. biased straight away that's a because that's what i would say i'd be like well, that's it was what biased. everyone says about every vote that's ever yeah happened. well exactly yeah i was biased it was obviously a fix because my guy didn't win you know it's like uh, even america had that when trump won and they were all like oh it's a fix and you're like it's not a fix you just lost you know and it's like and so that's where it would be like, as soon as someone lost in the this war on this system, they'd be like, well, the system's biased. It's biased towards America, or it's biased towards Russia, or it's biased towards China, or wh- and whoever, and then you'd have, people would go to war anyway, and then, but then they'd feel justified. Maybe, maybe it could backfire, and you'd be like, well, our war wasn't justified, really, but then we did the simulation, and you cheated us, now it's justified, because look, the whole world's cheating us they're ganging up on us okay so do you think that this is a very good idea that we won't see obviously in our lifetime but won't the humanity won't be ready for for at least like a thousand years or something like do you know what I mean until we've evolved to the point where we can have clarity of thought um i just i don't think it'll ever be realistic because ultimately a gun kills people and you're in control of a gun. Yeah, the, the way the way the universe works is might is right. That's just the way universe the universe functions. If you're the stronger, you will 
you but will survive. Aren't we trying to evolve past that with our like past our simian brains and trying to? But even if we did, even if you have this situation, all you're doing is saying, "Well, might is right." But what does might mean in that situation? It which means is, the better technology. Which is why all hail the robots. <laughs> okay, okay. Why are you hailing the robots? Because might is right, and they're stronger and better than us. This is always my argument. Every podcast that we have, when someone is bit. <laughs> But surely this is kind of arguing that although in reality might is right, so for example, back in the day whoever was the biggest and the strongest, he could kill other people, he was the strongest, whereas now it's whoever has the most money. Money is essentially might. Or so that you have that money means you have a huge military. Or you have the best money, so you have the best education systems, you have the best technology. It's always might. Isn't the argument that that's wrong? Might isn't right and that we should be evolving beyond that so just to say that all well, the robots are mightier than us so they deserve that's just but perpetuating isn't they, that isn't cycle they my intelligence but even then so so what so what an intelligent person deserves something over a less intelligent person no it's not that they deserve deserve is a weird word deserve has such a, a tainted past i suppose <laughs> but like if if there is 20 of us in a room and yeah. we are stranded somewhere yeah, and one intelligent person has a plan. We were talking about this yesterday. When there's like 20 people in a TV show and they're all about to die and one person goes, but I have a plan. It's not a very good plan, but I think this might work. And everyone that has no plan that is like 100% going to die is like, this is a stupid plan. It's a stupid plan. How dare you? We've only got 20% survival rate. Surely the person would say that. <laughs> Surely the person with the intelligence to help the most people in a moral way should right. be the mightiest person. <laughs> okay. There's a lot to unpick in that there. Because I think... Because you're, mud, you're muddying the waters a little bit. Oh, I've few, muddied all those waters. Yeah, yeah. Try few. and sift through. I, it's going to be difficult. Find because, something to drink. <laughs> because... There's a difference between saying in this situation who should we who should we voluntarily listen to the smartest person or the dumbest person we all agree listen to the smartest person but this well, is not America <laughs> but <laughs> but what you're saying is well what we should do is if the most intelligent person wants to kill us all they should be allowed to because they're the most intelligent. And I'm saying, well, I don't... No, no, necessarily... no, that's why I put the word moral in it. The most moral, correct person. Well, but we're going to have lots of discussions about what is moral and what's not moral, aren't we? No. No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too hard. Just don't fight, guys. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just... Why can't everyone just get along? Okay, so, okay, let's go... Let's break it down, then. Okay. In that episode of Star Trek... Yeah. Do you think Kirk is right or wrong? No, Kirk is wrong. But that doesn't necessarily mean that... They are right. Well, yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are right. But his his reasoning is, is bonkers. Because what they're saying is, you can either... Like, I think they have nuclear weapons as well. It's like, you can either nuclear, nuclear, use a nuclear missile to destroy our city, which will kill a million people, and the city is gone forever... Mm. And they, they've already had the missile. They're like, we if you don't disintegrate these people, we will fire it and it will definitely happen. So they're like, what we need to do is put a million people in disintegration booth and kill them all. Now, that situation is a horrible situation. It's not a situation anyone should ever have to be in. But with those two situations, it is obvious that the one is better than the other. It is better to disintegrate the million people and preserve the city than to destroy the city and disintegrate the million people. 
But Kirk is just like, but back on Earth, we would just disintegrate the people and destroy the city. <laughs> so why don't you guys do it as well, crazy aliens? And you're like, well, because they've advanced to a point where they recognise that there's one's a bigger loser than the other. But Kirk can't accept that. But don't you think the problem with that thing in the Star Trek episode is that they've advanced to a point where they understand that saving property is important. Yeah. But they haven't under- they haven't grasped that the reason the properties are there is for the people. Yeah. And if you kill the people, the properties almost don't have a purpose. So surely they should evolve to the point where they say 20,000 people would have died. We win. But those 20,000 people now have to listen to our laws or be disintegrated. And that is their choice. Yeah. Now, if they have that choice, if they're like, okay, we're going to take this 20,000 people into captivity, for example, or whatever, or they're going to be... There's there's lots of different ways around it. I just think when you're confronted with those two options, they're both really bad options. And the problem is, well, why do you have the right to drop a nuclear bomb on someone's sick? That's crazy. There's lots of other things, stages where you should have stopped this before it gets there. But Kirk's argument isn't necessarily, oh, you shouldn't bomb people. His argument is, do it the old-fashioned way. I don't, <laughs> I don't like this fancy new way of doing it. And I like I that was always it. the TV show. You're always like, Kirk, you're an idiot. You know, the same way when he goes to like planets and they they have, you know, he tells them their Bible is a lie and like all that <laughs> stuff. And you're like, you're like, well, I love Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I love him as well, because he's insane. He's actually insane. And he just tries to karate chop everyone who disagrees with him. Which is why I love the guy. But he's insane, you know. And it's a, It is a hard one. Who knew we couldn't solve war in 45 minutes? I know, I know. If we can't solve that, what can we solve? <laughs> we can solve the... We'll have a crack at hunger. We'll have a crack at that. What, with cookie brownies? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. We can solve that one. Okay, so would you live in a world where wars are fought through simulated computer systems? Yeah, and whoever wins takes ownership of that country. Oh, God. Um, oh, this is, I, this is the hardest one. Can I make another point, though? Go on. Let's say, let's pick a mythical creature that owns a country. Let's call him King John Poon. Yeah. Let's say... Poon. Poon. <laughs> okay. Let's say he decides to bomb London. Okay? Yeah. London, the, the mayor the mayor of London, the, the prime minister of Britain is like, we don't want you to do that. We're going to fight on the computer. And yeah. he's going to be like, no. Isn't it the right of every person that lives in London to then fight him on a system? Do you say what I mean? Like, mm. isn't it the right of every person that would walk into that disintegrating machine that he has to personally fight every single one of them because he's the person giving the orders. What if it worked like that? What if it was um, like you have to fight every single person well, like you want to take control of? Seven million people. Yes, if you want to take control of every one of those people, yeah, you have you have to fight each one of them. Um, and children yeah. can be fought for their parents. Parents can fight for their children. I suppose and this if the is... majority loses. I suppose this is an interesting this is an interesting twist because what it, it it raises this idea I suppose it's a very interesting because it raises the idea of collectivism against individualism because essentially the reason why we fight wars the way we do is because yes we all agree that we're british or whatever yeah. but we also recognize we're individuals so it's kind of like well just because my government says that we've surrendered 
I'm going to protect my family or my neighbour or whatever. So if it's the like, oh, we're going to round up the Jews, like the Germans would say, the British government could say, well, we surrender. But the people of Britain could be like, well, I'm not going to just give up my yeah. family and my friends and my neighbours. I'll fight each and, and that's what Churchill was saying, was it? We'll fight you on the beaches. We'll fight you in the streets and stuff. We'll like saying, in the streets of Britain. To the last man. Because essentially you're saying like, we're never going to surrender. We're not going to give up. It's like the Japanese people that don't know the war is over in the jungles. Yeah. They, they keep fighting. That guy yeah. fought for like 20 years. Oh yeah, they found him in the 70s something. or whatever. Yeah. And he was, I think they found one. Didn't they find one in the, the 90s? Yeah, I, in, um, I read a great book called um, The Art of Not Giving a F. Yeah. And it was talking about a guy that, so the armies had searched for him for years and just one guy decided, I'm going to go find him. And he just walked through the jungle shouting his name and found him. Found him. <laughs> and when the guy came back to Japan, he was horrified that he'd fought all these years and Japan had become what it had, like a commercialized, because yeah. he was very, very traditional. communist kind of, like he thought. Oh, he was communist? Well, he didn't like capitalism. Oh, right. And the fact that they were all buying stuff and things. And he was horrified by what he'd been forced to fight for when he wished that no one had ever found him and he died in the jungle. Yeah. I could be horribly mistelling that story, but that was kind of the gist of it. It was like this one man fought his whole life. He, he was probably he was probably a traditionalist and he just yeah, didn't like the did, fact yeah. that it was the modern world had sort of destroyed traditional Japan. Women were in the Yeah, women had the vote and all sorts <laughs> of horrible trousers. things. Um, Ugh. But I suppose if we evolved to the point where we're fighting via computers, why wouldn't that be the case? Why wouldn't if the one person who wants to go to war over a country, why wouldn't he have to fight individually every single person? Why do I have to fight his minion? Why do I, can't I just fight him? Yeah, it's an interesting idea, I suppose. Um, if, yeah, if that was the rules of the game, I suppose if they're like, well, instead of you marching into the country and having to kill however million, million people... Instead of voting, you have to go online yeah, and fight them. You have to go online and, <laughs> and fight them in this game. And if you defeat them, then they accept that they are now, you know, I don't know, what, a slave or whatever they are? Or? No, no, no. If you lose, it's still a majority. Minority, I think. What majority. Well, if, like, 10,000 people beat him, yeah. but 3,000 people lose, then we win. Right, Okay. That's interesting, but why is? But then, but I could pick that up. But why is that fair? If I beat him, why does I? Why do I lose? Oh no! I beat him. I'm not. I, giving, I I'm not going to surrender. Agree. You know what? I'm not running for prime minister. Like, so, <laughs> guys, we're fine. But I think this is that this this sort of brings down. This is what my point is. I think that's the problem with it is the fact that what it assumes it assumes that we're all a big collective, that we're a hive mind. It's like, well, this country beat this country. So, well, no, I'm an individual. And you might surrender, but I don't surrender. So that's the end of this discussion. It I'm going to fight to the death. That's this is it. the time to go on my individualism, individualism versus collectivism rant? Nah. Nah, that's for another nah. day. Yeah. Don't move for ambulances. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's mad. It's mad. But which side? You won't know. <laughs> you don't know what I'm on about. That's for another day. Um... Yeah, so, back to the point. Would you live there? Okay, I'm gonna, would I'm you vote have for to... this? Would you vote for this system? If the government were like, we're going to bring in this system, nobody's going to have to die for war, but... Well, it's, it's hard to say. It's hard for me to say this, because obviously it's like, oh no, I'd rather people died. But like, no, I wouldn't vote for it, because I think that the downsides of it are a, a lot worse. I think losing a war through a computer simulation, and then they're like, okay, you're all German now, or okay, you're all Chinese now... 
and then and you there's nothing you can do about it. It's like, oh well, if you don't, there's going to be a war, and they're going to kill people. It's like, yeah, but they're going to introduce laws which are oppression anyway, which will then lead to civil discontent or whatever. So yeah, you do make a really good point because like initially when you hear this idea, like. Well, first of all, I kind of agree with Kirky. Like, you, of course, you would try to stop these people dying in front of you that you can't see why they it happened. Yeah. But um. But when we talk about it, I'm like, yeah, of course, that's a great system. People aren't going to die, so of course, I'm going to agree with it. But when you say, yeah, Germany was really smart. <laughs> like, they had some of the most intelligent minds in the world at the time. And if this system had been in place, they'd have been allowed to massacre. Jewish people because they had some people that were good at computer games. And, but again, and you'd think, and that's a perfect example because you'd think, but of course they'd win a war because they've got those intelligent people, but that's not how it happened. So, oh, it's so hard. It's so hard, isn't it? It's like, I remember as a kid, like you hear about war and you're always like, peace, no war, don't go to war. But then you think, yeah, but there's people dying that have done nothing. Mm. So shouldn't we stop that? And help them because they're trapped, but then we have to send people to die for that. So it's, I suppose it's, I suppose it's just this is not funny. No, <laughs> this is not this funny. Is, this, subject. Is grim, this is a grim subject. <laughs> Who would have thought that talking about war and genocide would have been sad? <laughs> it's usually so hilarious. As we're talking about this as well, I don't like to me. This seemed like a logical step because of technology. It seems like a logical step to take the people out of it and let the machines fight to make the decisions. But I suppose the really important step we're missing is. If we're progressing to the point where we understand the implications of war and things, I know other people did, but I mean, surely the next step is to get in a room and just the two leaders discuss things diplomatically to mm. the point where they don't even have to use a, a machine. Yeah. You get to the point where they'll accept the answers of a machine, of who wins and who loses. I suppose you should be able to just have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. Over yeah. years and months or whatever. But yeah, if you're going to be like, okay, well, let's have a big fight on a game, they should be at the point where they're like, let's just sit down and have a conversation yeah, until we come to some to sort of a compromise. Oh, we're not going to bomb you because the computer said that you won. Yeah. Then I suppose. You can should. just have a conversation in the room. Yeah. Which I'd like to believe. We're never going to get there, though, are we? Um, well, if you think about, it, we, we, you know, and we're, we're quite, improved. yeah, we're quite pessimistic about it. But if, in in human history, we've never been at the point we are now, where countries, well, you know, it's, you can say with almost a hundred percent certainty that Britain, France, Germany, or basically all of Europe will never go to war with each other ever again. America, you know, America and Canada are not going to go to war. Australia, America and Europe are never going to go to war. All like countries that can actually. You know, you reach that certain stage of sort of civilization where you realize that just you can't just kill each other over disagreements hopefully but again though if we're getting to the point where ar vr jesus if we're AR, getting to the why point do you keep saying ar <laughs> yeah. ar is a what is ar you're getting ai and vr mixed up aren't no, you AI is a computer. Uh, we're getting if we get to the point where vr is such a big thing will countries even exist that's a whole other subject yeah that's right we'll live on the internet so well, they've said that about things as well. Like, like if you had, if you had teleportation, you know, would countries exist? And also, why is my Netflix decided by the country I live in? Why can't I just listen wherever I am? I'm British. Does that mean I have to have a British Netflix? Why do I have to have an Australian Netflix? That's not fair. Well, now we're getting into all the the, the complexities of intellectual property and copyright and <laughs> things like that, which is 
Another little uh, hobby <laughs> horse of mine. But... Definitely wine-induced conversations. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay, so would you live there? Uh, no. Uh, I think on consideration. It's just hard. It is the hardest one. It is hard, but if it's... Uh, I live there for a while, see how it goes, pop out. I didn't know that was a choice. I didn't yeah, know it's we could probably go my in... choice. Because oh, <laughs> you made the rules. I am the... Uh... Oh, what's, it? What's, this? what's the word you hate the Americans for? Say? There's Jeff lots Davis of words. says it. He's the compare. I could care less. No, is it no, that the, one? No, no. The, I'm a compare of this podcast. No, he doesn't say compare, does he? You know what I mean, though. Right? Oh, he says he says comptroller, doesn't He's he? He's the comptroller, yeah. yeah. I'm the comptroller of this podcast. Yeah, you don't pronounce the. You don't say <laughs> comptroller. It's pronounced controller. I'm the controller of this website. Yeah, yeah. Of this uh, podcast. Okay, what film is this most similar to? What we film? We got Star Trek. I know this yeah, show. it's very similar to Star Trek. It's very sim- I suppose it's very similar to whatchamacallit, isn't it? That one with the... Uh... War Games? No, yeah, but also the one which came out recently, the movie of it, it had Harrison Ford in it, it's got the kids and they fight. Oh, oh, Ender's Game. Ender's Game. That's it's kind of similar to Ender's well. Game. Yeah. Such a good book. Um, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. It's kind of similar to that, I suppose, with the, <laughs> with the gold people. Kind of... <laughs> And this book, which my brother recommended, The Game with a Three of Wolves. By Neil Strauss, if you want to pick up girls in the bar. <laughs> no, never read that book. It's, <laughs> a, it's the worst thing. Be mean to them. Make them feel like shit. Make they'll sleep with you. Yeah. Worst book ever. Don't. Because you... <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> Force yourself on them. Corner them in a room. They actually do say that. They're you like, may go to prison. Yeah. It's the implication. It's the implication. Put them on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> um... Is it a dystopian, utopia, or minotopia? Very good question. Um, I Why, think, thank you. <laughs> I think it's probably a... Oh, God. It's, it's God a, won't help you. Yeah. Not in this. He's disowned our podcast a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> Nietzsche said he's dead and we killed him. <laughs> uh, I, I don't... I don't know. I you don't made know. that sound like Nietzsche's your friend on the pop. Yes. Nietzsche said. Yeah. Freddie. Derek, you never Freddy guess Nietzsche. what Nietzsche says. The Nietzsche, the Nietzsche Meister. It was like, we killed God. <laughs> I was like, shut up, Freddie. Get the rounds in. What would Nietzsche drink? Pure vodka. Oh, and Dunkles. Bavarian Dunkles. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah, he's a Dunkles man. He is. I think he'd shot. No, I think he'd drink Jägermeister, but sip it. I don't think he'd shot it. He'd no. Just sip it. Just sip it. But but I think he would just he would just down it as fast because you know life's pointless. Just go for it. Just <laughs> just drink yourself into a stupor. Nietzsche is a philosopher, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Not least friend. <laughs> no. I'll put a link down below on who Nietzsche is, and if you don't know, you are you really going to put a link yeah. down below? Really? <laughs> but I'm going to put the link to is is Rick from Rick and Morty nihilist? A nihilist. That's the link I'll put. Yeah. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think it's I don't know. I think it's maybe a, maybe a dystopia, maybe maybe a midopia. I'm gonna say midopia because I can it's see the advantages of it, but it's but it's still kind of horrendous. This no, this is one of the ones that until you were in it, you wouldn't know which one it was. Yeah, sort of. It and could it, it, work it, perfectly. It, it could d- work awfully, or it could be as the three bears would say. Right. <laughs> it very Goldie much goes to that. <laughs> it very much depends on how it's implemented. Very, very much depends on how it's implemented. Okay, so where in the world can we find you? 
Still nowhere. Still nowhere. You're just now. You have a phone to look at everyone. Oh yeah, I just I'm just creeping on everyone else now. <laughs> Would you like the password to our drinks and dystopias Twitter so you can uh, write whatever you want? Oh you want. yes, go on. That'd be great. <laughs> Although I haven't put Twitter on there yet because Twitter annoys me. But it upsets your soul, doesn't it? Yeah. Every time I go on Twitter, I like go to the Twitter feeds of like people I really like, and then I see they have opinions that just make me want to vomit. <laughs> so I just like oh. If you want to find us. You can find us online, www.drinksanddystopia.blogspot.com or on Twitter at drinks underscore dystopia or on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud or anywhere else you find your podcast. And if you want to rate and review us on iTunes, it would really help. People will find us, they can complain and then you might get us off the internet. Like, yeah, everyone wins. Yeah. Don't feel, don't feel obliged to do any of these things. Let's not put pressure on them. So, oh, also, I've just randomly decided yep. next week, Lee's in charge. Oh, what? Next week is going to be a Lee week, and you're going to come up with the question, mini question. You're gonna really? Do, you're going to do it all. Aren't we doing? Well, aren't we being bi curious at the moment? Well, in two weeks then. Okay. You're going to be the dictator of the podcast. Oh, God, that's all I ever wanted to be a dictator of something. See, I know the way to make him do things. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to phrase it in just the right way. Lee, you'll be a dictator. And I'm like, oh, I'm in. I'm so in now. Okay, well, um, oh, do you have a drink? I don't, but I've got an empty glass because I've drunk all of it. Oh, you ruined the illusion. Sorry. <laughs> drink two dystopias. Two dystopias.